Warning, the Happy Ending Pod shows a couple of guys with microphones on a computer consuming copious amounts of alcohol and who say anything about anyone and everything they feel like. It was all in fun and not to be taken seriously. We don't own the rights to any music playing during our broadcast. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome to the Happy Ending Pod Show starring Grant and B3. Once upon a time, there was a functional recluse named Bob and he met someone named Grant. And he didn't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Two guys drinking way too much that decided to record it for your amusement. One day, Grant goes, Bob, you should get out of your hermit shell and come over and hang out. I have good beer and good music. The origin of Happy Ending Pod Show. (laughs) Take it away, boys. The rest is what I remember. History. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a holly jolly edition of the Happy Ending Pod Show. I'm... The ordained visitor coming through your chimney. What just happened? Come on, it. It looks like a dirt fart. Nothing says Christmas like gas. <laughs> it's great that a child came running down here saying somebody else farted besides me. <laughs> Uh, where was I? It was the ordained. Chimney. You were about to introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Grant coming down your chimney. The ordained. Yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas, folks. It's a happy ending. Shitter's full. Shitter's full. <laughs> and with, oh my god! With me as always is the head elf. <laughs> <laughs> I made it to head elf this year. He's head elf, <laughs> but his knees are clean. <laughs> God, we're not even drunk. This is so dumb. It's uh, he just just got right back in the proper form. That's what it is. Yeah. So P three is on the God. other end, and we're this is a, a um an Omicron uh, recorded happy ending Christmas. <laughs> Bob is on planet Omicron. He's reporting live. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right, Grant. I'm happy to be here. Things have gotten dire on planet Omicron. <laughs> the natives are restless. Yeah. Well, how, uh, real, well, how about that? I mean, we're recap. We're gonna recap it. Fucking what a mess in New York. Oh yeah, the the Rockettes canceled. Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live, Live is canceled. Yeah, all the shows were closed. Well, again. well, Rockettes have canceled. Saturday Night Live isn't allowing. An audience, and they're limiting the cast. Well, they limited the cast to two. So it was Paul. Rudd, Paul, that? Paul, Paul Rudd was the host. Paul Rudd was the host. I mean, I, I tell you what, folks, the elves in this house, in this room here, they just do not know they're, how to make toys quietly. Well, that's because the head elf is remotely, uh, oh, remotely God. recording. So I'm not here to. <laughs> Yeah the, yeah, the head elf is on planet Omicron. Omicron, yeah. So I'm Hold on. not able to if keep you, the elves in check. If you listen closely, you can hear the digital sounds of finished wash machine. Who uh, <laughs> 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 decided to do all this shit now? Anyway, so yeah, so Paul Rudd was hosting. Apparently, they rehearsed like all freaking week. And then I guess I got the note of, hey, we, we're, you guys... Like I guess I think they said some SNL cast had it tested positive. Okay. Um. So yeah. So literally, it was only the only two current cast members there were Paul Rudd was there. Um, were uh, Keenan Thompson, 
who's been there for like 50 years now, yeah. um, and uh, Michael Che. And then they had Tina Fey showed up, uh, I guess, because they had nobody else. And then Tom Hanks was there, too, as well. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so, and they literally, the, now the performing artist was Charlie XCX, I think is what it is, or whoever she is. I don't have a goddamn sure. clue what she sings or probably yeah. want to hear it. Uh, but then they just <laughs> they just did uh, a couple, you know, my favorite, Tom Hanks' favorite uh, moment when he did the Christmas episode in 1992, and they played a bad skit. It wasn't very funny. It was Mike Myers' era. But then they did do a couple that uh, Paul Rudd in, uh, introduced, and he said these were fi- this one was filmed at, literally finished filming at 5 a.m. Thursday night. So, oh, wow. Or Friday night, I mean. So it was like, or Friday, Saturday morning or whatever, you know. And, and then there was another one they filmed the day before, too. Um, so it was, it was, yeah. And there was no band except for, like, the saxophone player. There was a couple people, camera workers. That was it, man. It was, <laughs> and he just did the night court theme. <laughs> and they just showed the uh, opening credits. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh shit so yeah I, but uh, but then they that said, has to be weird saturday night live and it's five people and the majority of them aren't cast members yeah well like when they did the news you know it's usually michael j uh, michael che and uh scarlett johansson's husband um Let's be honest, he doesn't count for shit. <laughs> I, it's, when you said that, I was like, so that's what he's from. <laughs> I had no idea who that chump yeah. is. Just remember, Ryan Reynolds got the nudes um, on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so... Uh, that- that's got to be like one of the most thankful guys on the planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pete Davidson <laughs> called him out on that a couple times. Yeah, it's funny as shit. But yeah, um, so it, it was. It's usually them two, Michael Che and this guy. But Tina Fey sat in, and literally they just read the news jokes to Tom Hanks, Paul Rudd, and Keenan. That was it. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, how you know? They should have ad libbed and just brought back their favorite stuff or something. That that's. I mean, yeah. I, I guess because they rehearsed all week. They were, yeah. yeah, and then, you know, it was like, well, well I'm here, well, you're here, we might as well go live, and Paul, we'll have you back next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say. I was hoping for no editing in this, it was just. <laughs> well, you should have known when it opened with somebody screaming about farts. <laughs> <It was> a... <laughs> Merry it kind Christ. of let you know how this episode was going to trend. What? My, my foot's going to be on somebody's skull in a minute. Hi. Did you get it out? Good. I was worried you want. What are you making? I'm making manicotti. We don't know mozzarella sauce on this. Cheddar manicotti. I don't know. I'll, I'll eat. We got taco flavored cheese, too, if you want to eat <laughs> yeah, I'd like to taco flavored manicotti. You're gonna get yourself in trouble. It's a, it's a Mexican Italian meal. 
<laughs> they, yeah, that's that's two of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, crossover, nobody uh, asked yeah. <laughs> or wanted. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was also told you about the FedEx video. I believe it was Philadelphia where they were robbing FedEx uh, trailers that are on trains. And it, it's just, it's yeah. like the half mile long stretch of empty boxes are just discarded packages of FedEx. So if you. That's unbelievable. It, it, was, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, like 10 or 20. I mean, it was hundreds and it's just littered. Like you couldn't see the ground at some points. Just empty or just oh. destroyed boxes of FedEx packages. So if you didn't get. Your <laughs> it, was, it was secretly UPS employees. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was a FedEx driver who was busted for throwing, like, hundreds of packages into a ravine in some other state. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh. FedEx is such shit. I hate them. Oh, they're, yeah, they are They are the worst. They're yeah. worse than the post office. Yeah, you ever see those uh, those videos where they, they, they compare the two, that the UPS comes up and lays your package on and dusts it off or something, or if, I forget, and FedEx is just chucking it from the block away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> But yeah, so I they're, that... they're putting your packages in hot dog cannons and launching them. <laughs> <laughs> Spring slingshots and shit. Yeah. They got yeah. catapults on the back of their trucks. <laughs> Trebuchets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> David and Goliath were your delivery drivers today. <laughs> Window busted out. Oh, your packet, your Christmas presents here. Well, here's one. So now this is not. This, I mean, this is a day before um, Christmas. Uh, this episode, I'm going to release this uh, the Monday for Christmas. It's not going to be specifically Christmas Day. We'll make it the whole week. Okay. Um, uh, excuse me, and we'll apologize to our listeners that we have no debauchery episode this year. Even though this has gone pretty well as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I was going to say, for, for, for the amount of sobriety between the two of us, this is getting there. It, it's been, yeah, it, it's, uh, but, um, uh, so you know, we usually have a fam- try to have a family member on or something to discuss the holidays. Um, yeah. But with you being on Omicron and me being... <laughs> Yeah. But by the way, come on, we need to adjust this. Two things with Omicron. Yeah. One, it's from Futurama. Exactly, folks. Yeah. Two, it sounds like Dollar Store Unicron. <laughs> it does sound like a bad Transformer. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a Transformer with the sniffles or a bad cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or sharp edges. <laughs> yeah. But it, they didn't even try with this. No, I don't even know what it has to do with anything. I don't either, and I'm sure they have some stupid logic for it. Um, yeah. There is a, a Far Side comic, a comic strip. You know the, the, the tale of the, 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 is it the Triceratops or the Stegosaur? The Stegosaur, wherever Dinosaur has the three points on its tail. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? It had the three, I think it's a Triceratops. It had the three. Well, Triceratops was the, the horns on the head and the big yeah, yeah. and then on the tail, weren't there three spikes coming off the top of it? Or, uh, maybe it, it depends. I, I see, I can't remember. Um, 
anyway, Gary Larson of the of the, the artist of the Far Side. Um, uh, God damn it! Let's see if I can find it quick. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to find it real fast. Oh wait, here it is. Yes, it is. Oh, of course, it didn't give me the words. Um, there's no words to this. <laughs> Okay, so I don't remember what the okay. I don't know what the dinosaur is. I'll show. I'll show you the image. See how that looks. Okay, can you see the tail? Oh, that looks like it might supposed to be. It might that might supposed to be a stegosaurus or stegosaurus. something. Okay, so now it's 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 basically yeah. cave, caveman yeah. school, and it says now this is the end. This now now this end is called the Thagomizer. After the late Thag Simmons. Okay, so referring to Thag Simmons got hit by that part of the tale. Okay, well, they actually, uh, people that are, what is it called when you're studying dinosaurs or whatever? It's uh, paleontologists. So paleontologists never really had a name for that part of the dinosaur's tale from that dinosaur and named it the Thagomizer. Really? I'm not fucking shitting you. (laughs) So they named that the Thagomizer. That's funny. Yeah, from uh, the, they got it from Gary Larson's Far Side. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Now, I forgot why I was going to that. Why did I go to that? <laughs> um, Omicron, Unicron. Okay, yeah. Futurama, so, so, Discount, the yeah, Store. That's what it was. So, I mean, they just ran out of ideas. Some asshole was watching Futurama and said, this is the Omicron variant. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, somebody was. I, I, unless it has some kind of scientific meaning, I'm not aware of. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. What I are never, you thinking? And I, I'm not going to look it up like I just did that Far Side comic because that took way too long. <laughs> it's more fun just to make fun of it anyway. That's true, and not have. Any... I mean, why was it? Why was it the Delta variant? Was it the fourth one? You know, going by the the phonetic alphabet, Alpha okay. Beta Charlie Delta. So that we're that far down in I, Why? Well, why wouldn't it be Echo? Why is it Omicron? Maybe they know. thought the guy said it was Omicron when he yelled, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, we got a new variant. But because they used Zoom instead of Skype, <laughs> it came up as Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> you actually froze up, too. It was fucking great. <laughs> You actually, Did I? Yes, you actually fizzled <laughs> up as you were saying it. So it was chopped up. <laughs> Do you hear that, guys? Oh. He's got an Omicron variant. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, did he say, oh, my God, or oh, my cron? <laughs> oh, my cron. Oh, my God. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> so whatever. Get your next, booster, folks. and Yeah, ne- exactly. And next year, it'll be the Galvatron variant. Oh, I was going to use that earlier, but you yeah, beat me to it. <laughs> it's, it's the less interesting Megatron variant. <laughs> We're just going to say the Megatron nobody asked for. <laughs> uh, and then he'll become Rodimus Prime variant. <laughs> Wait to fuck up the show. <laughs> Rodimus Prime variant. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's interest will dip in that one. Yeah, oh, big time. 
Yeah. See, I'm one of the few people. Now, this is completely going off the rails. Oh, yeah. Well, we're discussing Christmas. I'm one of the few people that never had a problem with Rodimus, but that's because I kind of grew up with it, though. Yeah, you, yeah. I I was was too little to know any better. Yeah, I was the one that said, wait a minute, you killed off (laughs) all the good Transformers in this movie where you dropped the S-word twice, by the way, folks. And then you brought this bunch? (laughs) You named one, (laughs) you named one cup. (laughs) (laughs) Spelled with a K. Why? Yeah, and then here's the really, here's the one to thinker that they really put their time into blur, because he talked fast. Well, oh, <laughs> his drunken brother's name Slur. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, it would have piqued my interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would have been that would have been the show's mascot. <laughs> uh, it, it was just... <laughs> instead of a car, he just turns into a whiskey bottle. <laughs> <laughs> or a jug with three x's on it yeah yes and he's and when he's not a jar he's just staggering around oh, start, starting <laughs> yeah. fights with everything <laughs> he's yelling at street lamps <laughs> pissing omicron uh, damn it i said omicron <laughs> pissing energon in the corner <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at blur <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell me something really first, fast? <laughs> the first belligerent transformer. <laughs> oh, now you have to get your kids for this Christmas, folks. We're oh, copyright that. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you want to go in the battle now? (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's funny. So, yeah, so all that bullshit's going on still, and we're going to get locked down again. It's coming. We're dumb. (laughs) I know. Everybody's bitching about stuff, but that does nothing to stop it. Well, China's getting what they wanted. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) So... Uh, I'll end it. I'll end it right there. Yeah, I was going to say, this is going to turn into less debauchery, more tirade. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it still would have been debaucherous. Um, yeah. Well, Debauch- let's be honest. They are, getting, they are getting what they want. We're all getting sick, and we're still buying crap from China. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your masks, folks. Where are they made? Not in the United States. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. So I thought, who better to have a Christmas episode about 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 <laughs> a boot a boot? He's not Canadian. Um, then one hey? one of the most prolific writers of the Victorian era, and that would be Charles John Huffman Dickens. There we go. I gave him all four names. None of them hey, are made up. You by caught them. me off guard with that. <laughs> Mr. Charles Dickens was born February 7th of 1812, died June 9th of 1870. Was an English writer and social critic. There we go. What's a social critic? Is that someone that goes to parties and says, no, you're not very cool? Uh, It's a guy that gets a blurly animated TV show and just goes, it stinks. (laughs) (laughs) A social critic, I believe, would be someone that criticizes uh, the way society is going. Okay. John Lovitz owes his whole career to Phil Hartman. Um, 
<laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, he does. Uh, he created some of the world's most best-known fictional characters and is regarded by many as the greatest novelist of the Victorian era. His works enjoyed unprecedented popularity during his lifetime, and by the 20th century, critics and scholars had recognized him as a literary genius. His novels and short stories are widely read today. Uh, among those novels, notable works, I should say, uh, the, Pick, the Pickwick Papers, Oliver Twist, Nicholas Nickleby, David Copperfield, uh, Bleak House, Little Dorrit, A Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, and the one we're going to talk about tonight, folks, A Christmas Carol. There we go. I mean, if we're going to do a Christmas episode, we might as well touch on Christmas carols. It helped. Yeah, I, I like touching Carol on Christmas. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, now, you know, despite being on the planet Omicron, our connection is lightning fast. It is. We're actually really good, well, well off down here. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we're on the same brainwave. Now, it is uh, to be uh, noted that uh, Mr. Dickens was married to Catherine Thompson Hogarth uh, from uh, 1836 to 1858. And he had um, another partner from uh, 1857 till the time of his passing, Ellen Turnin. So, I don't know what she turned into. <laughs> that was just... But Yeah. So, here's a... So, Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol in only six weeks. Wow, that's I mean, I don't I, for, I don't have the year what came here came out. So, a, <laughs> okay, yeah, I do. A Christmas Carol is among his uh, most popular work. Uh, when it was initially published in December of 1843, Dickens had been certain the book would sell well and had hoped those sales would resolve some of the money woes he had. Uh, but he couldn't have foreseen how completely the tale would be embraced by the public or that it would evolve into a beloved classic. So Dickens was struggling financially, began to write uh, what would become a Christmas Carol in October of 1843. Uh, he was determined to get the book out in time for Christmas that year, giving him a very short window to work in. However, the pressing schedule wasn't solely motivated by authorial inspiration. Dickens also had a desperate need for money. At the time, Dickens' writing career was in a slump. He had hits like The Old Curiosity Shop. I've been there. <laughs> it's called The Adult Store. <laughs> now it is. It's exciting. Everything video. was fancier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> they used to have wooden dildos back then. Um, <laughs> but his... Splinters uh, were part of the fun. <laughs> well, it was part of the pain threshold. Yeah. But his current serialized novel, The Life and Adventures of Martin Chuzzlewit, wasn't... Yep, good old Chuzzlewit. Good old Chuzzlewit. It wasn't selling well. Well, his publishers wanted, to, his publishers wanted to decrease his pay from 200 pounds to 150 per month, which have, would have been devastating. Dickens was in debt and had a family to support. Not only was he married with a fifth child on the way, his father was also in financial drain. Dickens figured a successful Christmas book could net him around a thousand pounds. 
Yet, though his goal wasn't to pen a timeless work of art, his dire financial situation prompted him to get the book done. Dickens wanted to represent the less fortunate. While money was adamantly a factor in Dickens' writing A Christmas Carol, but he also had a message to convey about Victorian society and how it treated its most desperate members. Earlier in 1843, Dickens had read a preliminary report about children and workforce, which contained testimony from young laborers about their long days, low wages, and dangerous working conditions. Uh, having worked in a factory himself as a boy due to his family's straightened circumstances, Dickens always felt a kinship with those who were struggling, particularly, particularly children. The parliamentary report made him want to write a pamphlet titled An Appeal to the People of England on Behalf of the Poor Man's Child. Yet a few days later, he changed his mind, noting in a letter on March 10, 1843, that he put off the pamphlet because he had other means in mind with 20,000 times the force of his initial approach. Um, oh. So, he, yeah, he kind of... He wasn't a dumb guy. That's obvious. I mean... <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No. Later in 1843, Dickens visited schools for the poor in the slums called Ragged Schools. In reference to the worn clothes of many attendees, where he encountered children who lived as thieves and prostitutes to survive. Wow. In October, he traveled to Manchester to give a speech on the importance of education for every class. Soon after this talk, he had the idea for A Christmas Carol, a book that showed the challenges faced by the poor and how more generosity could lessen their burdens. Uh, Tiny Tim was inspired by a Dickens family member. Dickens began writing A Christmas Carol in October and finished the story, which came in at less than 30,000 words six weeks later. These pages would 30,000 words be on? I don't know. I, I mean, back then, I mean, they... I don't know if it's a stupid question, but I just don't know. They didn't even have typewriters at that point? That's a good question. Can you imagine <laughs> writing thirty. So it, it would it would it would vary, I guess, depending on penmanship. If he did it by hand, and if he was on a type, yeah, and if he was a typewriter, yeah. I would I would imagine it would depend on the model. But I mean, thirty thousand words—that doesn't sound short. I, I don't, fuck do I know? Yeah, but it doesn't sound like War and Peace. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no fair, fair enough, yeah. Uh, writing a full story in this manner was new for him, as his other novels had been serialized over months and years. The method may have helped him craft a stronger story. Wow. To create Tiny Tim, the ailing young, ailing young boy who's a primary catalyst for Ebenezer Scrooge changing his misery, miserly ways, Dickens drew on the lives of two family members. A sickly younger brother who'd been known as Tiny Fred and a nephew, Henry Burnett Jr., who was disabled. Dickens had seen his nephew on, Manchester, on his Manchester visit and had noted some of the difficulties the boy faced. In addition to Tiny Tim, Dickens incorporated a glimpse of the devastation he witnessed in real life. Scrooge discovers a feral boy, ignorance, and girl want under the cloak of visiting Ghost of Christmas Present. The two are described as wretched, abject, frightful, hideous, miserable 
When Scrooge asks if they can be helped, the spirit throws the miser's earlier words back at him, asking, are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? And of course there were. Oh. And <laughs> fucking ruin it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just couldn't help yourself. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Uh, the book was sold out by Christmas. Some books need to build a following, but A Christmas Carol was an immediate success. The debut print run of 6,000 copies, which arrived on December 19th, sold out in a week. The timing was right for a Christmas book to take off, as Christmas trees were being popularized by Prince Albert and Queen Victoria and Christmas cards soon arrived on the scene. Talk about luck. Well, Christmas trees are popularized by a dick piercing. That's interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> splinters again. Uh, <laughs> 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 however, there was... <laughs> however, there was something special about a... <laughs> title. Oh, this episode going to be Christmas Splinters? <laughs> I said it's the title of this episode yeah, going to be Christmas Splinters. You, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my ear. I was getting re re rewrite uh, a famous song. Oh, Christmas Splinters. Oh, Christmas Splinters. <laughs> How pointy are your wood shavings? Um, that's just bad. Not drunk enough. <laughs> Just a rough draft. Yeah. <laughs> Just gotta, you know, I'll, I'll build it. Uh, there was something special yeah. about a Christmas Carol. This is your, this is your get, get back moment. That's right, Mike. <laughs> the Beatles can do it, so can I. <laughs> I just gotta learn to play something. <laughs> uh, something special about a Christmas Carol beyond its connection to the zeitgeist. <laughs> What? <laughs> what happened? What? <laughs> you said I just want to learn. You said I just need to learn something. And then I said so you can play something. That's right. <laughs> Dickens would write other books and articles at Christmas time in the following years. Yet those works among which are the chimes in the cricket on the hearth are mostly forgotten today. Despite Carol's success, Dickens didn't get his hoped for financial windfall. Instead of a hundred thousand, or uh, I'm sorry, instead of a thousand pounds. He received about 250 pounds, a big disappointment. The books were beautiful, the red cloth binding, gilded, gilt-edged, gilt-edged page changes? Yes. I think you froze up on me. Uh, colored yeah, it's cutting up for something. Yeah, colored illustrations. But book sales weren't enough to cover the cost of production, which had included the, an array of last-minute changes insisted upon Dickens. Dickens did 127 readings of the novel. A Christmas Carol has been adapted countless times. Soon after the book was published, unauthorized stage versions appeared. Sadly, given his financial troubles, Dickens usually didn't make any money from these. And the story's often been filmed with versions ranging from the silent era to later ones with the Muppets, Bill Murray, and Tony Braxton. Um, poor guy's family ain't getting no royalties from this. <laughs> I know that's brutal. Yeah, many are familiar with *A Christmas Carol* as Dickens' most famous book because they've seen one of these adaptations of the tale. But Dickens also did his own adapting when he read the story in public. The first public reading of *A Christmas Carol* was held in 1853. That was for charity, but Dickens also gave paid readings between 53 and 1870. 
He offered 127 performances of A Christmas Carol. After wow. hearing a carol reading by Dickens in Boston on Christmas Eve in 1867, a businessman decided to close his factory for Christmas. He also provided all his workers with turkey, just like Scrooge. This demonstrates how these readings helped spread the message and renown of A Christmas Carol. It's another reason why the name Charles Dickens is forever linked with Christmas and his famous novel, A Christmas Carol. That ended very poorly. I don't know who decided to end the article that shitty. <laughs> Way to go. Somebody who didn't know where they were going with it. Well, it was biography. I mean, history, not biography. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Um, I, the, the amount of live readings, that's... That's unheard of. I hope he got paid well for him for back in that time, though, the 1850s. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't think he'd have done so many is what I was getting at. 127? Well, if uh, but if they're willing to pay you for it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's yeah. in dire straits. Yeah, he needs he, cash. He, he stop having all them damn kids. But This froze, didn't it? No, you're good. <laughs> Did I freeze? Yeah, mine says poor connection. Switch to audio only. Yeah, well, it's up. It's up to you. Oh man, fucking Skype! Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can see you. I'm fine. I mean, you're not frozen. Right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're frozen. <laughs> you there? I'm here. Yeah, you're frozen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you. Can you, you hear me? On this. I, can you hear me? No, I can't hear shit. I can't hear shit. I can't see anything. Oh, I can hear you. No, oh, that you came back. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. You're still frozen. Yeah, it's a great image though. I turned. I turned my video off. Okay. Um, it says poor connection. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. And I have no idea why my connection is poor. I don't either. Yeah. I, I still can't hear you. <laughs> oh, you can't hear me at all. Oh, God damn it, Skype. You want me to call back or you want to call me back? Uh, I cleared up. Okay, so you can hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you, yeah. So I, should I move on to the incarnations or the... Uh... Different films of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? Yes, adaptations. Adap thank you. And we could, uh, we'll wrap up the, uh, our, 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 it's, it's only going to be roughly over an hour episode for Christmas this year, folks. Um, oh, yeah. We're, we're doing the best we can. I believe Bob is, <laughs> is circling on the dark side of Omicron. <laughs> I was just going to say it was a solar flare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we mentioned all the different adaptations of a, a Christmas Carol. There have been Christmas Carol starring the Muppets, the Flintstones, Mickey Mouse, um, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> the, fl the Flintstones? Oh, yeah. You never saw that one? <laughs> no, but I'm interested now. <laughs> um, so the, here's the ranking of the... It, it's ranking 15 versions from least to most accurate to the book. Oh, so we're going by uh, um, the word just went right out of my head. Accuracy. Um, yeah, th yeah, that'll that'll suffice. 
faithfulness. There we go. Faith, okay, faithfulness yeah, yeah. of so, the adaptations. So the okay. adaptations to the book. Uh, Charles Dickens' classic Yuletide ghost story is one of the most adapted works of literature ever. Even without reading the book, millions of people know the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and his ghostly guides of present, past, and yet to come. But bringing the book to any other medium isn't always said said and done. Uh, there have been versions of the story starring the Muppets, the Flintstones, Mickey Mouse, in the title roles uh, of the classic characters, but there are simply some adaptations of the book more accurate than others. From pictures of the past to more modern performances, there are the ver- these are the versions that most closely follow the text. Um, it's arguably the most classic Christmas okay. story outside of the Nativity, and it has thrilled and captivated audience for centuries. Uh, Christmas Carol is more than just a holiday tale of ghosts, family, and the true spirit of the season, but a yearly ritual that gets repeated on a yearly basis. But only a few versions truly give it the proper book-to-screen adaptation. Uh, it's a novel first, and any other versions are only ghosts of the original. Okay. Do what they did there. I thought, okay, good. Uh, but that doesn't mean there isn't some life in these blithe spirits. Um, nineteen seventy number coming in at number coming in at number fifteen on the most faithful versions. Yeah, we got Chris, we got Christmas Casey Casey <laughs> on the most faithful version of uh, Christmas Carol is Scrooge. From 1970. Scrooge in 1970. Stars Albert Finney. uh, And I actually like this version. It's a musical. Um, It is a bit uh, comedic. Uh, It's a musical adaptation of Scrooge. Which might not be the most accurate representation of the source material. Uh, Look at the ending of Christmas Yet to Come or uh, for further proof. Whatever that meant. But that doesn't mean it wasn't exceptionally entertaining. It's ridiculously ridiculously over the top. It's comedic. It's essentially a storybook adaptation of the original. It's not bad, not by a long shot, but at times it becomes a parody of itself and viewed strictly as a comedy. It works for the film's benefits. And I like it. I, I that's I, I believe I have we have that on Voodoo. Coming in at number fourteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number fourteen, uh, an animated one. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Cow. <laughs> Mr. Magoo. Have you ever seen that one? Nope. I, that's a pretty, that's like an hour and a half cartoon. Really? Yeah, yeah. Don't let the appearance of the nearsighted old man mislead. It's actually a pretty decent introductory adaptation of the story. Aside from a few artistic liberties, it covers all the central plot points seen in the Dickens novel. Granted, the musical numbers during this Christmas special are hit and miss, but there are a few good ones like Ringle Ringle and We're Despicable. For its short runtime, which I, I'm shocked it says a short runtime, because I thought it was pretty long. It's a pretty satisfying <laughs> adaptation. Coming in at number 13. Um, I just watched this one the other day. Mickey's Christmas Carol, 1983. There you I, go. I believe you are lagging again, sir. Am I... Okay. Yeah. You are behind. Okay, I don't... Am I... Yes. Oh my god, not based on what I just saw, I'm really behind. 
I don't know what just happened. Should I continue? Oh yeah. Should I continue at number thirteen, or do we want to recall? Huh? Should I continue at number thirteen, or do we want to recall? You're frozen again. I can't hear shit. Ah, oh, for God's sake! Crack the fucking So, back to number coming. Right, in, it, it does seem like it's sped up a little. Okay, good, good. Coming in at number thirteen yeah. is Mickey's Christmas Carol from nineteen eighty three. <laughs> Of course, the House of Mouse would want their white glove mitts in an adaptation, but to their credit, they do check a lot of boxes for a beloved version. That being said, the writing does tend to make things more kid-friendly, especially when Mickey gets in on the act. Honestly, even with its faults and creative license, it's a great first introduction to the tale for young kids. It's probably a safe bet that it's the one most viewers are shown first. I saw this uh, in theaters was disappointed it was only a half hour long um and then they played a rescuers down under and at this i got out 83 so what probably seven yeah that checks out okay um so (laughs) (laughs) so they showed the rescuers down under after this and this was at the point where somebody in had spliced clips of porn scenes into the film reels. Uh-huh. A whole, a whole new Christmas Carol. Oh, well, the Christmas Carol was fine. It was the rescuers down under they fucking did it to. The, uh, were the, uh, the images spliced in photos of people down under. I don't remember <laughs> specifically, but I do remember looking at my father and saying, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Not using those words, but I'm like, but you, I could... <laughs> I was at the age, I was hitting an age where I could pull out that, hey, that was something that I shouldn't have been seeing. Yeah, I do remember, <laughs> I do remember it vividly. Yeah. You know, it's funny, we, we, you know, we've gone three in and two of them are fucking animated. Yeah. Um, number 12? Number 12. Number 12. <laughs> 1992, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. There you go. If the former title isn't the first one viewers are exposed to, then the runner-up has to be The Muppet's Christmas Carol. As Muppet movies go, it's pretty formulatic. Muppets in the leads with one human star. In this case, it's Michael Caine giving all his his all as Ebenezer. It has its cheesy jokes, its one-liners, its sea of foam and fur characters running amok, but it does stick to the text surprisingly well, especially since Gonzo the Great leads the story as Dickens himself. I actually like that one. I like The Muppets. Yeah, I was like the Muppets. It's been forever since I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah we. I, I'm pretty sure we still have it on VHS somewhere. <clears throat> <laughs> Number eleven, one I've never heard of till tonight. The man who, Ooh, okay, the man who invented Christmas from 20, uh, 2017. Wow, that's that's fairly recent. Yeah. Uh, so the man who invented Christmas deserves an honorary mention because it. Not only tells the familiar tale of Scrooge, Marley, and the Three Spirits, but shines light on the life of the book's author. Uh, yeah, period. Uh, Dan Stevens is quite impressive as a somewhat romanticized version of Charles Dickens, and through creative storytelling, we get a peek into his creative process. You know who Dan Stevens is. Nope. Um, Legion. Oh, that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
The characters of Scrooge, uh, the Cratchits, and all the rest come to life before the author's eyes, learning the story as he composes it. Audience are also introduced to the background in the writer's life and various elements that inspired the novel. It's a unique and interesting way to experience a tale and one that's highly recommended. So I may actually have to look for that one. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's, it sounds like a different take for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I like I like Stevens. He does a decent job. Yeah, he was very viable as, uh, as Legion. Oh, so. absolutely. Uh, number 10, 1935, Scrooge. It's one of the first film versions of The Christmas Carol ever released, and apart from a few design choices, it's still a pretty accurate adaptation. But with all of that in mind, it is really the is it really the best version for a holiday binge session? The short answer is no. But as for accuracy, it hits the nail pretty square in the head. By no exaggeration, it's not exactly the most uplifting version. Seymour Hicks' version of Scrooge is downright miserable, and it lacks the personality other versions present but it does feature an uncredited Claude Rains as Jacob Marley, even though he's invisible. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, that, yeah, I find that amusing. He got uncredited. Well, you're not in it, so we, but I'm the voice. You're not in it, though. We can't see you physically. Uh, number nine, Orson Welles' radio version. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know existed. I'm going to have to look for the uh, this radio version. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I haven't heard of it either. I have his uh, I have his version of War of the Worlds downloaded uh, on the from the radio. The one okay. people were, yeah, the original when people were jumping off buildings and killing themselves. Yeah, I have that, but I do not have this of his. Uh, this version was actually a 1938 radio broadcast led by none other than Orson Welles and his group of players featuring Lionel Barrymore in the lead role as Scrooge. If fans have not experienced an audio drama before, this is a good way to start. The classically trained Wells makes the words from Dickens' own novel jump as he relates the story of Scrooge's redemption, and, and, and the immersive effects are surprisingly good for the 30s. But it's Barrymore's vocal chops that really sell the affair. It's definitely an accurate version, just delivered differently. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It's number nine. Number number nine. And that's the... that's something that you could play and do stuff Christmas time too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can listen to it under like uh, you know I have my playlist of uh, on Amazon my Christmas playlist, and I have the entire story that I was not aware of 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 uh, um, the how the Grinch stole Christmas as read by Boris Karloff. Okay, it's it's the whole story is is in the playlist, so it's like a half hour or so. Of him, like, kind of, like, reading the book. And you get the songs, too, during it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so it's, like, it, it's, it, it's, it's, which I didn't know. Hey, I'm going to put the Grinch Stole Christmas. Let's just stick the whole thing in. Oh, well, it turned out that that's the whole story. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, but I could stick the whole, that would be, I wonder if I could find that on there. Yeah, if you're going to go on a long car ride or while you're baking cookies or decorating the tree in the house, that would yeah. be something interesting yeah, to have on. Yeah, yeah. Just the background noise, I mean, a background filler, but if the sound effects and the voices are as good as this article claims. Exactly. It could it could become a new thing. It would be a haunting story, you know. In the, yeah. yeah. Up down by your fireplace and all that shit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to look for that one. Somehow, somehow I'm sure I'll find it. 
Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. As long as there's a digital version of it, you could find it. Yeah, there's plenty of places to steal this uh, audios from now. <laughs> I was just Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, coming in at number eight. Tales of Dickens, A Christmas Cow, 1959. This 1958 TV version is included for two main... I was going to say 1959, now it's 58. Included for two main reasons. <laughs> so it's a TV version. This is made for TV in 58, it says. Uh, included for two main reasons. Basil Rathbone as Ebenezer Scrooge and a dialogue that comes almost straight out of the original novel. The downside is its majority rush to fit in within 30-minute broadcasts. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. It's not that the performers are bad. They're just delivered almost a mile a minute. Uh, performances... Are, are bad, they're just rushed. Aside from the rapid-fire delivery, this adaptation is pretty good for a 30-minute condensed version. The performances are pulled off well, the script pays proper tribute to the source, and the costume and designs try to match the book's original illustrations. Rathbone's impressive makeup job as Scrooge definitely has an eerie quality to it and deserves plenty of praise. I've heard of Basil Rathbone, but I don't know anything by him other than what I just read. <laughs> Same here, yeah. But that, that that's kind of a shame. It sounds like that could have been one of the most promising ones and it got ruined because it had the rush. Because Yeah, because they decided to make it a, you know, the Sunday night uh, half hour on ABC or some dumb shit, BBC. Well, if you think about it, didn't you say that the book was 30,000 words? Man, true. And, and uh, the t- they condensed it to 30 minutes? Yeah. That means... They had to do a thousand words a minute. Wow. But yeah, but I mean, if they did, <laughs> that's well, no. But you can think of it that way. Why it would be condensed? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I can't imagine that even if they if they did every scene from the book. <laughs> oh yeah, it wasn't verbatim, but it just gives you an idea of how quick yeah, they had to yeah. get through it. They went back to they used it. They, they... Go ahead. They, they cast Blur. I was just going to say it. I, I was wondering if, <laughs> wondering if you were going the same direction. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, number seven, A Christmas Carol from 1938. Oh, your video's back. But you're still frozen. I'm, I'm giving it another shot. Okay. <laughs> Uh, now we're getting into some more higher budget film. At a and I t- shouldn't have because it instantly fucking froze. <laughs> God damn it. Your little screen's going fine, but the big screen. All right. I, I, quit. I quit with the video. I don't know what's going on. Well, it's fine. Uh, 1938 A Christmas Carol now we're getting into some higher budget film adaptations with MGM's version starring Reginald Owen and a slightly more pompous Ebenezer Scrooge. Originally, the role was catered to Lionel Barrymore, but Owen's version has some extra personality we love. It's not verbatim Dickens, but it's one of the best to be acquainted with the story. The ghost effects are also impressive for 1938, especially Marley. Uh, This version definitely carries a sense of tradition the story has gained since its release and serves as a solid entry for the standard Christmas Carol Fair. Not perfect, but definitely one for the books. Um, I've seen this version. I do enjoy that one. Oh, okay. 
Now, uh, 19, uh, number 6, 1951, A Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim. Uh, those who know the name Alistair Sim know him for one major role, Scrooge. Sim is a standard is the standard by which all Scrooges are based. This version covers all the bases that the 38th version did, but also adds a little more just to show off how outright cruel Scrooge can be at times. And I think that th- this version is my favorite of all. Um, okay, Sim- I've never seen it, so it, I'll have to look for it. Yeah, he's just uh, just his demeanor and the way he talks to people and it is, is what makes him such a dick. Even as the ghosts are show, <laughs> even as the ghosts are showing him shit, he's like, he's still a dick to him. You know what I mean? This okay. is, yeah, they're showing him stuff in his past, and, and he's still being an asshole. Um, Sim's version of Scrooge is definitely one of the more villainous on the list, which makes it all the more rewarding at the end when his soul is redeemed. The main reason this one is above the more script accurate thirty eight version is the tone of the film. The tone of the film creates. Make it a no- making it a noticeably dark Christmas movie. There's a sort of chilling element to the film that makes viewers appreciate the warm ending. Now, here's, okay. one, here's one I have no idea. It's uh, number five. From 1977, the BBC version of A Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. Yet another TV adaptation of Dickens' classic, but this time with a little more panache than Rathbone's version. The 77 BBC adaptation feels more like a play than anything else, and even captures a sense of drama as the viewer follows Scrooge through his spiritual escapade. Blame it on better production value or simply a better pacing, it's still one of the more polished versions. I almost said polished. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The adaptation's quality is certainly worth recognizing from the design to the performances, including a young Patricia Quinn of Rocky Horror fame, we have to give this version a standing ovation. So I've never seen it and no idea. That's interesting. Yeah. Number four, A Christmas Carol from 1984. Um, Alistair Sim might have set the bar, but George C. Scott became Ebenezer Scrooge in the 1980... It's an 84-85, motherfuckers. In the 1985 made-for-TV movie, though the film takes one or two creative choices due to length, it still pulls a huge deal from the book and finds creative storytelling ways. Creative storytelling ways to bring it to film. From the design to the de- to the delivery, I'm getting parched. This version is near perfect <laughs> adaptation, including appearances of Marley's hearse, ignorance and want, and a chilling ghost of Christmas yet to come. But it's Scott's cold, cruel, and chilling performance of Scrooge that puts it on our list. It's certainly one of the easiest versions to find, so don't be afraid to put this one on this Christmas. I don't think I've ever seen this entire version. Yeah, I, I, I've probably seen bits and pieces of it, but yeah. I've never seen it the whole way through either. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the first shocker for me on this list. Okay. Disney's what a, number are we at? We are at number... Th- num- coming in at number three. The first shocker for me personally on this list. But I do enjoy this version. Don't get me wrong. Disney's A Christmas Carol, 2009. The Jim Carrey voiced. Wow, okay. Yeah. Motion capture animation might be an acquired taste, but this is easily one of the more book-accurate adaptations on this list. 
Why? Because not only is the version accurate, it's scarily accurate because it recognizes that a Christmas Carol is a ghost story first and a Christmas story second, and yet it comes from Disney. Oh, sorry about that. That probably picked up really loud. <laughs> no, actually, not that bad. Um, okay, so that, that it's just called A Christmas Carol? Yeah, from 2009. And it's the Jim Carrey one. It's the one with Jim Carrey. I think it... Mm, I don't know if I do have it. We do have it on Vudu. Well, if it's Disney, it should be on Disney+. Plus. That's true, too. But yet, I'm actually on, on my TV right now. But yet, Spider-Mans for... are not on Disney+, Plus right now. You'd think they would be. What ones? The first two. Uh, Any of them? Oh, well, it's because Disney doesn't own the rights to it. They just have the rights to uh, um, to make the movies. I know, but they're all, it's because they're all on regular TV. Well, that too, but yeah. they're still they are still Sony movies, unfortunately. Okay. Okay, so yes, the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol is on uh, Disney+. Plus. Okay, I like that one. Okay, I just added it to the watch list because I've never seen it. Okay, this version from Robert Zemeckis is definitely an impressive version, taking not only designs and depictions of the characters from the original book, but certain scenes and dialogue verbatim from the text, including the scary parts. If you can get past the weird animation style, this is definitely a top-tier version. I don't have an issue with the animation. I, I, I... From what I remember seeing trailers and shit of it, I like I said though I've never seen it. But from what I've what I've seen of it in the trailers and stuff like that, I don't got a I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's it's supposed to be in Victorian England and it's Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, it it, it, sh- it shouldn't be a clean cut. No, and that's looking. What, that's what impresses me most about it is that it it's it's a modern. It's a newer style of animation, or a, a it's animation within the last 10, 15 years, okay? Yeah. And they still made it feel, look and feel like it's from the 1800s animation. Yeah, yeah it's what you would have expected animation to look like back then. Yeah, I mean, obviously not the colors, it would be black and white, because they... <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it still has that feel, that, that era, you know... I, I, I enjoy it. I, I do enjoy that version. And I, Jim Carrey voices more than just Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, when you watch it, let me know. See how many, uh, if you if you can figure out who else he does. Oh, if I can, if I can pick out who all he does? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I probably won't be if able I'm, to. But, if I'm not mistaken, Gary Oldman plays Bob Cratchit. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And he's drawn looking like Gary Oldman. <laughs> so, uh, easy to pick out. Well, it, it's like they took Gary Oldman and, and mashed him with the character description from the book. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think it's That'd well interesting. I think it's well done. Uh, whoever did this article thinks it's well done to be a number three. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Well, there you go. Yeah, top you on it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, number two. And we're number, number two. two. We're at the deuce. A Christmas Carol. It's a short film from 1971. Until I read the description on it, and it'll have a different year in it. Um, <laughs> 1804. Yeah. Not only does this version pull designs, dialogue, scenes, and art style from the original novel and illustrations, but was made by an animation legend 
Chuck Jones. Oh. It had Alistair Sim reprise his role as Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge and won the Academy Award for Best Short Subject. Talk about an impressive resume. I mean, you know who Chuck Jones is. Yeah. He he did the Tom and Jerry stuff and Looney Tunes stuff. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as an animated... Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it came through, but I said... I heard you say, uh, yeah, I'm, like... I'm five. lagging again, aren't I? No, I heard you say, yeah, like five times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, yeah. Uh, well, I said, Wow. When you said uh, Chuck Jones. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, you know what? It did pick up. I'm sorry. As far as animated versions go, okay. this adaptation is almost as close to a perfect representation as you can get. Though it's not very long, it still encaptures every important point, chapter, and message of the novel. Okay. So, there you go. That was number two. It's a, I've never seen that one. I may have to Google. No, it. I haven't either. I I haven't seen the majority of them. <laughs> I, I I always I grew up you know even as a kid I was like the Christmas Carol, but it's because like it said in the one thing it's because it's a ghost story before a Christmas story. It, it, yeah, exactly. It, it's not I like. Christmas has to be oh holly jolly yippee doo skippy dippy. It doesn't have to all be. It's not everything is cheery. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. It's nice to get a more nice to get a more rooted in reality tale. Yeah, yeah. Because there are plenty of bastards out there. Elon Musk. Um. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stupid bastards at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you ready for number one? I am ready for number one. Hit us with the drum roll. Who's number one? Who's number one? Coming <laughs> you'll, in. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have to put it in okay. drum roll from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Joy to the world. <laughs> Coming in at number one, A Christmas Carol from 1999. Drawing a blank? Sorry to say, but you broke up when you no. said it. Could you repeat it, please? I, I'll repeat it for you, but the listeners heard it. A Christmas Carol from 1999. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's TNT's adaptation is definitely worthy of our number one spot for a few factors. It stars Patrick Stort as Scrooge, was based on his one man his own one man show adaptation which was essentially a dramatic reading of the book. And we haven't even mentioned the then-revolutionary computer effects and stellar performances. If Patrick Stewart isn't enough to get you to watch this version, then perhaps the almost identical-to-book script will. Passages of the source material become moving monologues, haunting visuals, and brilliant presentation. It's dark when it needs to be, heartwarming, and a holiday classic in every sense of the term. We'll happily give it the number one spot. So there you go. And I've I've never seen that one either. I've never watched it either because it was too new for me. I always liked the older ones. And this uh, article yeah, yeah. came by Zach Gass from Screen Rant. It was updated two days ago, which was the seventeenth. Uh, so there Are you, you go. Okay. 
but he still couldn't get the dates for the movies right now. Yeah, I posts. know. He kept, yeah, he should have updated the proper dates. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, um, I always like the older ones to me. The, the, the black and white ones are just creepier and uh, they work better. It, they, they catch they catch the, the atmosphere more of what it should be, I think. I agree. I agree. There was a newer version. That it I, doesn't have to be all crystal clear and stuff. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha- yeah, you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be HDR. The the shading and the blurry and the the shadows that makes it the best. I think the the grain. Yeah, that too. The grainy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the grain in the film that 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 always goes a long way. There was a version. I think it came out last year or the year before. Oh, On Hulu. Yeah, was it Hulu's version? Oh no, or was it F, or was it FX? It was FX version. Yep, that was two years ago. Yeah, it was. Or it might have been three now. But... Yeah, it was definitely darker. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you get the idea that when he's being left at the, you know, when they go back to the Ghost of Christmas Past, or um, and his father is just leaving him at the school. He's the only child at the school. While all the others are going home for Christmas vacation, Christmas Christmas break, that the you just get the the the. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? With it, you know, they're just leading you to believe he's being molested by the fucking headmaster of this school that he's being left at by his father. Oh yeah, yeah they they did a they did a good job of making it uncomfortable for some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I, it was 2009. You were correct two two years ago. Two years ago, 2009, two 20- 2019. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like two years ago to me, but it was math. Anyway, that's yeah. why that's why Ebenezer had to stay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was it. Was uh, it was FX? Yeah, yeah. And it was three episodes, and it totals two hours and fifty-two minutes. Do you have an IMDb score on that, or a, 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 a tomato? I do not. I'm just looking at it on my uh, Hulu app on my TV right oh, now. Okay. But I, okay. I could find a score for it, but you'll probably beat me to it because you got your phone. Uh, what was it called? Christmas Carol. Yes, a Christmas Carol. 2019. Um, okay. Yeah. Right, television film. A Christmas Carol. IMDb was seven two out of ten. That's a little low. Rotten Tomatoes was fifty two. What? Yeah, I didn't think it was good. I think it ended. Yeah. I thought the ending was rushed. I thought it was ended poorly. I thought it was too okay. easily wrapped up. Like he was too. I mean, visually, graphically, and frighteningly, it was good. Yeah, but it was just uh, it was just too. Uh, I think the ending too, was too clean because they made it too neat and tidy. Yeah, they made it so bad that this you know this kid should this Ebenezer Scrooge should have turned into John Wayne Gacy, not fucking Ebenezer <laughs> Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, it, they did go heavily dark in the beginning. Did, yeah, they left him. Uh, uh, like I said, you get the idea that he's absolutely being spread eagled by his uh, school oh. teacher. 
or, or whatever the hell they're called back in those days. Headmaster. Headmaster. Yeah. Well, I'm sure when <laughs> he was done with him, he was. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, a little too on the nose. Uh, well, wherever he got it, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, so the one we're talking about scar- stars uh, Sky... Uh, Sky, Jesus. The, one we're, the version we're talking about stars Guy Pierce, Andy Serkis, Stephen Graham, Charlotte Riley, others. <laughs> others. It's not a really if huge you don't know, name cast. If you don't know who Guy Pierce. I believe he was the villain in Iron Man 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Andy Serkis, I think, isn't that uh, Gollum? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And he's also... Also, the, the, the arms dealer from Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um... Now, are, are unsurprisingly, perhaps, because of uh, the list being... Uh, faithful adaptations. Scrooged was left off. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised by because it was faithful and a faithful adaptation. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not yeah. surprised by it. that. Does not get a good score on anything. Really? Yeah, and I don't. I don't I'm. It is. I think it's. If I'm correct, it is higher rated on uh, Rotten Tomatoes than Christmas Vacation. But it does not. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. It is a six, oh my god! It's 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Scrooged. Scrooged, yes. Okay. And that's higher than Christmas Vacation? I'm looking at Christmas Vacation right now. Christmas Vacation's rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 67%, but on IMDb is 7.6. Oh. Yeah. And and Scrooge right, yeah. Scrooge was sixty nine right. on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy and love both films. I'd like to throw Rotten Tomatoes at Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. That's true. Um, I wanted to quick look up the Jim Carrey um, Christmas Carol just to see their ratings, you know, just to see their whatever their bullshit is. With okay. Oh my God. Yeah. I IMDb there six point eight. Rotten, Tom- okay. Rotten Tomatoes is 53. <laughs> um, I often feel like uh, Rotten Tomatoes can't help but separate their personal biases. Oh, I agree. I agree. You want to hear the cast? Are you yeah. there? Okay. Uh, Jim Carrey, Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, Bob Hoskins... Robin Wright Penn and Carrie Ellis. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty decent cast. Yeah, it's not terrible. Yeah. So, like I said, I enjoy it for what it is in the animated version, you know. Or an animated mm-hmm. version. I can't believe you didn't know about the Flintstones Christmas Carol. <laughs> I, I did not. I'm almost positive there's a Scooby-Doo one, too. I will, I'd be shocked if there weren't. Well, there should be. I mean, it's a ghost. It's it's. If I'm not mistaken, they what the hell? There's one. Is it Ghostbusters where they trap the ghosts and they screw up the the timeline or something and they change the world by not by Ebenezer not changing? 
I don't know if it is that you just did some great fan fiction. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's how it is. That they somehow is that an episode of the real Ghostbusters? Yes. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. Uh, and I think it's a great episode. If I, I, I don't even know if I have that on that because I, I have the goddamn series. I, I'm, it's got to be in there. Xmas marks the yeah. spot. X Xmas marks the spot. <laughs> written by Michael Straczynski. Uh, air date. O thirteen. What the hell does that mean? Date first aired was twelve thirteen of eighty six. Um, okay. And Xmas marks the spot. Zapped back in time to 1837 England, the Ghostbusters unknowingly trapped the ghosts of Christmas, thereby saving Ebenezer Scrooge from his, Scrooge from his scheduled rehabilitation. The future is changed, and they must go back in time to change it back, while Egon makes an even more frightening trip into the containment unit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That, that show's not available to stream anywhere either, is it? Uh, I think it's on YouTube. Their YouTube channel's been showing their stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you want and you want Xmas marks a spot is what you want. Yeah. I don't even know if I have that on the series disc, which what sucks is I got the series, but it's obviously not fucking. I can't put it on Voodoo or anything like that. I, 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 I'm so sick of that stuff. I, know, I, I hate bought it, too. let me put it where I want. Yeah, yeah. That's also that's also what I tell her. It's like the music. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's like the music we buy, we use, because we bought it and we own it now. Fuck Universal. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, as long as I'm not trying, as long as I'm not trying to make money off of it, I should be able to put it where I want it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, that's, that's what I told her. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Christmas Carol versions that are out there. You know what I mean? It, everybody has... Okay, we read 15. Um, the, but everybody has done their version. You know what I mean? It, it's it's obviously been around more than long enough that people have all taken a crack at it if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's used it. Um, you ready to hear Hear what? How many versions? Oh, yeah. So, there are so many versions. The most... Okay. How... There are 135 adapted versions of the Christmas Carol. Holy shit. The most famous ones that you'll see on TV are Mickey's, uh, George C. Scott, Scrooge, um, a Disney Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I have a list of all 135 versions, but that would be fucking great. <laughs> Not really, because most of the titles are going to be a Christmas Carol or some <laughs> version of that in Scrooge. Yeah, but I wanted to know, because, you know, like I just said, there's a Ghostbusters version. So, you know, I want to know the different versions from what shows. Like, did Cheers do a version of a Christmas Carol? <laughs> Uh, that would be fucking funny. It would be. And they just call it a Christmas Cheers. <laughs> It'd be called Norm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cops are coming. 
But yeah, so 135 versions. Uh, 135 versions. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> That's better. <laughs> I love the. I mean, I love the uh, Disney one with Uncle Scrooge's as uh, Ebenezer. Uh, the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where, how can you not like that one? That's kind of who he's based on anyway. <laughs> yeah, almost, yeah. What is this one? You know, if I'm not mistaken, there's a Looney Tunes version where, uh, is it Daffy Duck is like some rich my rich guy and he gets the god and he's getting visited by all the ghosts and shit. I, but that's what I'm saying. There's so many. Ver- you know, there's a. Do you ever hear of an American Christmas Carol? An American Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. If I'm not mistaken, that stars Henry Winkler. Really? Yeah. Hey. 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 You must be the ghost of the Christmas past. Hey. He smacks the jukebox and starts playing. (laughs) All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, Henry Winkler. It's uh, 6.6 on IMDb. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. What a horrible version that would be. (laughs) It stars Henry Winkler, Susan Hogan, David Wayne, Dorian Harewood, and a bunch of other people you've never heard of. There you go. <laughs> and a cast of others. <laughs> Several others. No one you've known. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I, I, it's it's actually one of my favorite stories at this time of year. I do appreciate listening to the, watching this. and Yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather watch that than every other stupid fucking Christmas rom-com. Yeah, I mean, I like Four Christmases. Um, I like obviously. I just watched that last night. I like okay. I like Christmas Vacation. I like uh, Scrooge. I like uh, Office Christmas Party. Uh, the night before. Night before. Yeah. <laughs> There's that bad one. Um, with Dudley Moore, he plays Santa's elf and shit. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Santa Santa Claus or some crap. And you got the Tim Allen one with Santa that. Claus, and that's like those are annoying children's ones. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but they're all, it, it's all, that's all the same story. I'd rather, I, I, and so is a Christmas Carol, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> but I like watching all 135 variations to catch <laughs> the new ones. If I could pull that off just to be able, not, not in a year, but in a lifetime to be able to say I've watched the problem is they <laughs> would add a new one every year. The list would be never ending. Yeah. You'd be like that guy at PCU who made his thesis about watching movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, um... Oh, my God. There's one called Scrooge and Marley. It's a 2012 drama romance. Um, where's the fucking cast? Give me the cast. There it is. It's called... It, it, yes. Um, <laughs> Bruce Valanche is in it. <laughs> You know who Bruce Great. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I can't believe it. it it's 4.9 um, on IMDb, and there's not even a tomato rating. That high, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, I, that's what I'm saying, there's so much crap. That, 
anybody will take a shot at making this. I don't know. Who gets the rights to this money? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the thing. Who's getting... Apparently, you don't got to pay much to make it if 137 fucking versions yeah. of it exist. Yeah, I, I don't... <clears throat> By the time this episode airs, there will be five more released. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't... <laughs> I can't find who gets royalties from this. Was that one a thinker for you, or am I that delayed again? I was, no, I was reading. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, There's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know who gets, I can't find who gets the royalties. (laughs) You just just went, who, uh, uh, and I was like, I think it was Ting Tang Waddle. Oh, Ting Tang. tang. Uh. Yeah, so I don't I don't know who gets the <clears throat> I, I typed it in and it's not coming up. Who gets the royalties? Well, it's probably There's a place in New York Yeah, there's a place in New York that owns the rights to the book. Oh uh, well they probably do. Ain't that some shit? Dickens' family doesn't even get it. Yep. Because you know, a fucking joke. So yeah, the whole entertainment business is built on screwing over the people. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, I got a. Piece. Well, I mean, he was thinking he was going to get a. Th- oh, oh yeah, okay, he was looking ahead. to get a thousand. <laughs> yeah, but they put so much work into creating and designing the book. What? Yeah, yeah, and he only got two hundred and fifty for it. Yeah, 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 and he—they he, already lowered his pay from five hundred to two fifty. <laughs> Dickheads. Yeah, it's just brutal. Uh, you're telling me. And it, and it stood the test of time, and th- that's all he got for it. And again, the artist suffers for his work. Oh yeah, song remains the same. That's right, and Led Zeppelin will steal that from you. speaking of um, great yeah well so i gotta pee so i think we should wrap up our christmas that's usually how my christmas parties go (laughs) having to pee (laughs) and wrap it up i'll take it (laughs) not at the same time (laughs) oh yeah it's gonna be a big water balloon on my junk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, forget christmas splinters i just want a big water balloon on my junk for christmas <laughs> oh, oh shit! <laughs> oh Christ! Oh, that's fucking great! <laughs> oh, you inadvertently struck genius! Oh man! Thank God it's recording tonight. Oh God! Oh yeah! 
<laughs> You're turning red. Oh yeah. Okay, Ace, go, go, go. Yeah, I know you have to probably have to go out because no one has let you out for hours. I got you. All right, I got a little bit of editing, cropping, and some uh, music to add. Stop licking me, you flea ball. You want to say Merry Christmas? No. Okay. <laughs> oh Christ! There was something I was going to tell you. Once I stopped the recording, I can't remember what it was now. Fuck! I forgot what it was. All right, don't unplug me because I know that's what's coming next. You act like a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything's going to go dark, and the camera's going to face the ceiling. That's what's coming. Yeah, that's what's coming. Yeah, and then you're going to see me stomping after him as he runs away. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap up our, our our Christmas for this year, and hope everybody has a merry and jolly and fun filled. Safe. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> and if you and if you do, name it after us. That's right. <laughs> Make sure you stick your jolly in her holly. There you go. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be debaucherous, but we fucked it up anyway. <laughs> Honestly, it became a mishmash. It's both. It's it's a mix. Yeah. Well, there we go. It's it's a, it's yeah. We're we're celebrating Christmas with the dick. Ins. Ins. <laughs> uh, we just can't help it. That's how we'll name it: Christmas Dick Ins. <laughs> <laughs> instead, of, instead of a water balloon on my junk, <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. <laughs> a water balloon on my junk is called a Dickens. <laughs> we got a new one. <laughs> Joining the illustrious ranks of the Clouseau, we have the Dickens. The Dickens. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird that a Christmas one has become a water balloon, but you, yeah, you have to be there for how it got to that point. <laughs> There's a story. It makes sense when you hear it all. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Scared oh, the fuck. dickens out of him. Oh. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> okay, happy Christmas, Merry Kwanzaa, and all those other people. Yep. Here's some editing. You know, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Come and scare the dickens out of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm stopping.